Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vic Muscat's Evolution Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening. With a 60-minute time limit, your host tonight is Vic Muscat. This episode is sponsored by Village Bakes of New Fame. Vic Muscat's Evolution Podcast not only supports independent wrestlers and their t- wrestling talent, but we also support small businesses. Check out Heather at Village Bakes on Facebook or Instagram. He is six foot three, 357 pounds of pure fight and a true powerhouse. This is Johnny Chaos. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you really are. I mean, if you're watching this show off YouTube, you won't. You think I'm overhyping it. You really are built like a beast. What are you benching these days? Man, I'll just be honest with you. I don't I really get to the gym much. You know what I mean? I used to when I was younger, but. Nowadays, it's just kind of, I'm 32 now, so it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like one of the things, man, I just, I'm just, I just don't get in the gym much, as much as these days, but when I quit working out, it was around 4.05. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's double, it's almost doubles me, <laughs> and I'm proud of my 2.25. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's the first wrestling match that you ever remember watching? Uh, the first wrestling match I ever remember watching, man, that has been, that's been years ago. Um, probably something that I just really remember, uh, like really just stood out to me was watching, um, Ricky, the dragon steamboat and Ric Flair back in the WCW days. And, uh, just watching them kind of go at it with the chops and everything like that. And I just really loved, like, I didn't grow up. Uh, really when Ric Flair was uh, like doing the doing the deal like the early early days but I do love Ric Flair as far as how he talks on the microphone and how he carries himself and uh, back in those times you know he's the jet flying you know kiss stealing wheeling dealing son of a gun you know that kind of thing and I really did enjoy uh, Ric Flair because he he had that mentality that I had or that I have now most of the time and uh, I'm not a kiss stealing, wheeling, and dealing, and I don't have five piece suit, and I don't have gator, gator skin shoes. But you know, me and him kind of got the same attitude. But anyway, it was uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and uh, Ric Flair back in the old WCW days. Hey, how far back you talking about? Like eighty nine, ninety around that area? Yeah, uh, or, uh, late nineties probably. I was born in nineteen eighty eight, so uh, I grew up on the nineties stuff. I uh, really started remembering and getting into it about probably about 95, 96. I'd have been about seven or eight at that point. So uh, that's really when I started noticing those wrestlers back in the day. Uh, Sting a lot. You know, I really liked the NWO back in the WCW days. Uh, that's, that kind of come along when I was a little older. So, uh, you know, I really just I, – I enjoyed the NWO. And uh, I'm just always that heel at heart. So, uh they really had a big influence. Uh, uh, Kevin Nash, you know, the original NWO members, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and, of course, Hulk Hogan come along uh, after a little while. Yeah, so, what, was it like the three-ring circus that it turned out to be? Yeah, yeah. Then they started adding a bunch of people that really didn't make it, really didn't add any kind of anything. It didn't bring anything to the table with some of these people that they added. But I did like uh, Holland Nash a lot. So tell us about the day you decided to sign up for wrestling school. 
Well, I was uh, I was 21 years old, and um, I was headed back from work one day, and uh, in a little in a little place where I'm from. I don't live there now, but originally I'm from a town called uh, Coleman, Alabama. C U L L M A N is how they spell it. And um, professional wrestling there in that time was there, there really wasn't anything as far as schools. Now, if you wanted to travel and you wanted to go to school out of state to, to become a professional wrestler, you could do that. But as far as like uh, having an actual legitimate school, uh, now there's tons of little outlaw yarder type schools that you could go to where they could teach you how to bump and things like that. But um, the particular place that I noticed, I was coming back from work one day, and it's a long, it's a long highway, and uh, lots of woods where I'm from, uh, hills. And things like that. Well, on my way home, I noticed on the side of the street here to my left, there was one of those old school signs that you say that had the arrow on the top and had the little the, the blinking lights. And on the sign, it said uh, wrestling, just uh, just just wrestling. And it said tonight at 7 p.m. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know there was a, even a, a wrestling show anywhere around here. So I, ch- I, I checked that out. You know, I bought tickets and everything. Went to a couple of those shows, and I was, and you know, looking back now, uh, looking at those guys that was wrestling there, it was absolute trash. But um, you know, they had a wrestling school, and I found out about that after watching the show for a couple of weeks. So I paid. Uh, I went in there to uh, talk to the guy about the wrestling school, and it was a guy named Michael Ballinger. He wrestled by the name of Thez, Mike Thez, back then. And I know you don't know. You're definitely not going to know who this is because you live way up north. But um, just a local guy, you know, never really been nowhere, been in the business for a long time, but he's never went nowhere. So he was like, uh, unbeknownst to me at that time, I was I went in there and I didn't know who he was at that time. And I went in there and I just asked him, I said, uh, you know, I, I want to know about the wrestling school. Can you give me some information on that? He was mopping the floors. And this, uh, when I walked in, you know, I'd never actually seen the ring just in there, just sitting there with the chairs around it and not people in it and uh, everything. So I just kind of I walked in, just kind of stared at the ring for a minute. I was like, wow, that's pretty neat, you know. And you got the owner of the promotion in here cleaning the floors, you know, by itself. tight. There's no AC in there in Alabama in the south during the summer is very hot, uh, very humid. And uh, it's just uh stuffy and you know it's really stifling in there you know, i'm trying to describe it where people that are watching this can kind of visualize um how i started so i asked the guy I shook his hand i said hey i'm jonathan peak you know I'm, I'm interested in the school um you know he told me his name was michael and a really old raspy voice really broke down kind of guy and he said, well, my son does the the training, but it'll be, you know, he went immediately to tell me the price. He's like, it'll be $500, and uh, he does it. So uh, he gave me his phone number, and I contacted the son. Son's a really great guy. At that point, his son was 30-something. And, uh, excuse me, I'm battling a cold or, or strep throat, so excuse me for that. But um, so I talked, I talked to him. And we shook hands. There was no contract. It was a handshake, kind of a man-to-man type thing. And uh, he went in there, and him and his tag team partner, he was in this big tag team in that promotion uh, with another guy named uh, James Garrison. And uh, his name, his uh, work name was JTG. They were in a tag team called the Southern Express. You know, uh, um, 
really good babyface, you know, tag team in that area. So he, uh, he and uh, his son, his name was also Thez, but it was just Thez. His real name was Anthony. So um, uh, got in there with them, and they uh, taught me how to bump, and that's pretty much it. Uh, they didn't teach me anything about psychology, anything about mic skills, um, anything like that. It's just pretty much how to bump and how to do moves. Uh, Stuff that you can just make sure that you don't kill yourself, but everything else. Right. You yeah, head. but yeah, just basically, uh, just basically, just uh, the basics. You know, the the bare bones, the bare minimum. So, trained about six months, and I had my first match there in that promotion, and I uh, really developed a brotherhood with those guys. Even though the promotion and the people there wasn't that good, uh, they were my. Some of them were my best friends. Other of them became my enemies. You know, with anything else. Um, and uh, you know that's that's pretty much it. That's how I got started. I, I've never been I've never been a part of uh, a huge wrestling school. I've uh, been to tons of seminars with Dr. Tom and Les Thatcher and things like that. I got another uh, seminar coming up Saturday that I'm going to attend. It's Kevin Nash's. Uh, Kevin Nash is putting it on awesome. with Theod- uh, Theodore Long in Georgia. So uh, I'm going to head over there to that and uh, try to sharpen my skills a little bit more. You know, everything I've learned from then, from then on has been trial by fire type thing. I've learned, uh, had a lot of people uh, give me advice. Uh, some people take me on their wing and, um, Kind of, kind of help pave the way for learning. But everything I've learned so far uh, has been uh, kind of like on the job training. You know, I've learned by doing. So, and I've been doing it twelve years. Uh, August, uh, August will be twelve years. Next month will be twelve years. So, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, been parts of lots of promotions in that time, and just uh, had a lot of fun. Been to four or five different states. You know, nothing too crazy. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee. North Carolina, uh, Mississippi, Florida, uh, just mostly around down here where I'm from. But uh, hooked up with a guy named Jack Lord. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, but he's pretty he's pretty known uh, down here in the south as far as the southern territories down here in the territory days. Uh, he kind of took me under his wing, and he's like a kind of like a second a second dad, and he's kind of taught me a lot and helped me out to learn the financial side of the business and the business side of the business. And then a lot of the other stuff that I, that I just filled in the blanks. Now, when I first met him, the guy didn't like me whatsoever. Uh, he said I had an attitude and I was very cocky and he'll tell you that to this day, but he's, he was right. I was looking back. I was a real, uh, jerk off, you know, but, uh, I've changed over the years, you know, it took me a little while, but you know, uh, I've kind of turned uh, turned over a new leaf and uh, kind of developed for the better. We all mature as we get older, right? We were always a cocky, like a young cocky ass kid. Yeah. So how would you t- how would you describe to our audience your wrestling style? Because I've seen your matches with Wilma Miller and Julius Maximum, and to me, it's more of a powerhouse style. But how would you describe it? Uh, well, you pretty much hit it on the head. You know, uh, I like the big power moves, uh, the big slams, uh, the big punches and things like that. Uh, I'm not one for – now, I can. I have experience in all different styles of wrestling. I can mat wrestle. I can do the chain wrestling and everything. At, and uh, the, the kind of Greco-Roman style wrestling that a lot of people like. But mostly, if I had to pick, it's probably 
you know, the big power moves and uh, taking people off their feet and, and things like that. What are the best resources that's helped along the way in your career? Uh, the best resources? Uh, well, I hate to say it like this, but you can learn how to do anything on YouTube. I'm not saying You're right. I'm not. I'm not saying uh, go and learn how to wrestle off YouTube. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, do not go to YouTube to learn how to wrestle because there's a lot of guys in this business that does that, that goes on YouTube and they see a move and they want to try it. You know, Uh, if I had to, if I had to give a recommendation, I would say go to a legitimate uh, high credentialized school uh, like Dr. Tom at JPWA in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, he does a four-month course, uh, and uh, that particular um, gym and school is co-owned by uh, Glenn Jacobs or Kane, for people who don't know who Glenn Jacobs is, and uh, Dr. Tom, so uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard. But that's a really good school. I went up there for three days. Spent some time with Dr. Tom and uh, Les Thatcher up there, and uh, they really teach you. They really teach you about the small details that you really wouldn't pay attention to any other time. But they really point out. They really break down the uh, details that you that you just don't pay attention to, like your your face and your selling abilities and things like that. But resources uh, definitely join a good school. Um, I didn't do that. Uh, Never really had the money to be able to afford one of those high-dollar schools. Uh, I think it's fifteen hundred dollars in school for um, the whole the whole course. But if you want to be if you want to if you want to be go somewhere in this business and do something, you're going to have to invest in your in your education as far as the wrestling business goes. Uh, I'm sure people have heard the saying, um, "You get what you pay for." So uh, you pay two thousand dollars for a great school, you're going to come out being a great great uh rookie in this business but if you pay for shit schools you're gonna come out looking like shit and there's and there's nobody gonna tell you until you screw up or something like that then they're gonna tell you you know what i mean so uh are there there any promotions that you would consider pro wrestling style unnecessarily unsafe my pro wrestling style like like any promotion that you've seen that not not every promotion is the same so like yeah. going to like a place like like in like Tennessee for example, and you so you see their matches you're like, that's really unsafe. Like the medical staff in the back is like drunk or something, or you know just like a dirty promotion that you've wrestled at. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come across a lot of those promotions, but I'm not gonna call, I'm not gonna call any promotions out, you know. But you know, uh, starting out in the wrestling business, uh, you're gonna work a lot of those kind of outlaw shows. You're going to be a part of a lot of those, but you got to take the good with the bad. And eventually if you do what you're supposed to do and you wrestle and you're good and you're respectful in the locker room and you make friends instead of enemies, uh, you're going to make connections and those connections are going to turn you on to their connections. And then eventually you're going to get into good shows, really good shows that pay more. I mean, you're not going to get rich in this business. I'm telling you, unless you're just a God and you make it to the WWE or AEW or something like that, but you're not going to, you're not, it's definitely a hobby that you have to be really passionate about because if you're getting into this business to try to make it big, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to put in the effort. You can't just sit at home and, uh, and uh, you know, go to the gym every once in a while 
and uh, hope you know hope that you land a six figure contract because guess what it's not going to happen. You know you got to get noticed. The more shows you go to, the more people you connect with, and uh, you know the better you are. Wrestling is uh, wrestling is just not about performing. It's about networking too. You got to network a whole heck of a lot to be able to uh, uh, be able to get your foot in the door at places. And that's how I've done, you know, people have asked about me and then I've had good people, uh, talk, talk good about me and give me a good recommendation. And then I've had people tell me that I wasn't worth a shit, but you know, that's their own opinion. Uh, you know, I work for, uh, two great promotions right now and, uh, one in Georgia and one here in Alabama where I'm from and, uh, they're great promotions. And I really enjoy working for both of them. So what on your off time, what do you, what, promotions do you watch on tv uh i used to watch wrestling a lot on tv but now these days i just don't i just don't watch i just don't watch it especially wwe because their product is garb to me i mean it's dog water i just don't i just don't like it uh aew is about the same uh the the promotions that i really enjoy watching is a wwe product and that's nxt but NXT to me is way better than the main roster because them guys are trying to get to the main roster. You see what I'm saying? So their desire and their passion and their fire for the business and everything else is as fresh. It's a lot like a college football player. College football to me is so much more exciting than NFL football because the guys in college are interviewing for a job. Okay. Uh, they're, they, they still got the fire and the desire and the passion and the heart to play the game. And then when you get to the pros, they're there they're making the big money, so they don't care. You know, they just go out there and do the do the least as possible to get their to get that salary. You know what I mean? Same way with the professional wrestling scene. Uh, once they make it to the big time, uh, they just just it's just not entertaining to me anymore. Have you ever had a what the fuck moment in one of your matches? Like the guy you were wrestling like shit his pants, or you know, like a <laughs> unnecessary wedgie happened. No, I, I have <laughs> I never. I've never been a part of a match where somebody shit their pants, but I have been in a part of in a bunch of matches where we kind of mess with each other. You know what I mean? And do things, pinch each other on the leg, or 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 bite them, or that kind of thing. Pull their arm, underarm hair and stuff like that. I've been I've been part of matches like that, but I've never I've never been in a match where anybody's uh, shit their pants. I believe I would just pin them and that be it because I don't want to wrestle somebody with shit in their tights. You know what I mean? So you just hear stories about, you know, like wrestlers who are sick, they're on antibiotics, they still go in to make the money and wrestle and they get a slam or a bear hug and it just happens. I've never, I've never been a part of that. That's not ever happened to me. Now, there's been plenty of times I've wrestled sick and on antibiotics, but <laughs> nothing like that's ever happened to me. I guess the only advice and I, I hope it don't. I hope it don't. I think the only advice I can give if you ever wrestle sick is don't wear white. Yeah, don't wear white tights. I don't wear white tights anyway, uh, even if, if it's under normal circumstances. Also, it's a waste you. of money. It's a waste of money to get white tights made. Good point. So have you ever worked as a face and a heel in your career? And if you have, what do you prefer? So I worked as both. Uh the first the first like five years of my career, I was a heel, and then I tried turning babyface and uh, doing that thing and trying to get people to like me that way. But it, uh, me, I prefer being the bad guy. You know, that's just more towards that's uh, 
it's like a puzzle. My my attitude and my uh, charisma and everything else that I have fits better as being a heel than it does being a baby face. It's easier for me to make people hate me than it is to make them like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I prefer I prefer actually being a heel. So since now that we're out of the COVID era, hopefully in professional wrestling, what do you think the sport needs to do to generate more more fans? Well, a lot of that is probably a promotion by promotion basis. Uh, a lot of a lot of promotions are are in good areas. Uh, a lot of uh, wrestling uh, fans around those areas, and then some promotions are out in the middle of nowhere, and it's uh, hard to generate uh, asses and seats that way because you know. But as far like what you're talking about, like are you talking about like um, COVID nineteen uh, preventative measures? Or are you talking about just in general to get more fans like now you have like the, the promotions are allowed to have fans back in all over the place and well, like you know you know well there's a lot of fans that like very hesitant to be back in a big crowd setting it's like how would you like bring them back so in the south um i don't know what people's political views are but we're very we're southern and uh, we uh, COVID nineteen really didn't stop really didn't stop us down here as far as uh, now there's some people that didn't you know uh, attendance was down, but here in the south uh, we just I mean it's probably bad to say but we just don't give a shit you know we wear we didn't we didn't wear masks mm-hmm. you know uh, Alabama was under a mask mandate but uh, we didn't uh, they didn't enforce it because you know it's just you know, I know places are different just now, like California is just now allowing uh, stuff to happen in California. The WWE is just now getting back where they're doing house shows. Uh, we never slowed up here. You know, the Southern States, we just, uh, we took a licking and keep on ticking. You know what I mean? So uh, we, uh, there was uh, like a, maybe like a six month period where they ceased all um gatherings like shows and things like that because of the initial scare of COVID-19 but once they realized that it was just like the flu that and we get the flu every year so I mean uh they uh they lifted the mandate there you go yeah so I don't know how it is up north I don't know if they still mandated up north or not but they don't have they don't have anything here anymore everything's open backed up or open back up and uh, everything's back to normal here, pretty much. Yeah, so. like where I'm from, it was just pretty much known as, you know, the, the churches were closed, but sometimes the pastor would be sick or not feeling well. So the church would be closed anyways. So to us, to us around here, it's just like, uh, oh, okay, you know, like a normal day. I mean, yeah. I was missing work or anything. It was just uh, people would be like, wear the mask, but that was the only thing we had to do. It was just, and we just wore so people don't bitch. Yeah, it's that's like pretty much that's pretty much the way it was here. We wore it to make people happy, but then again, you know, I I never wore a mask unless I just absolutely had to, and uh, oh, we didn't have to wear it really have to have to wear them unless we we're in like a government office or a state office or something like that. Like if we were going to get our tags renewed on our vehicles or right. or stuff like that, then we had to to wear them. But other than that, it was it was pretty. Pretty easy. I had to go to the pharmacy today and they told me to wear a mask. And I'm like, we're still doing this? What do I? I said, wait, okay. I said, okay, whatever. 
this is like whatever, just. So you were telling me all about the pictures that you have behind you in your, your wall. You met Bobby Eaton. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met a, like a legendary wrestler that was like a real asshole? And you're just like uh, a dick. Well, I've met I've met some. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, you know some of these uh, some of these guys like Scott Steiner. I've met him, and. Uh, He's a genuine asshole. I'll just go ahead and say it. You know, uh, I was uh, come up to him and I, he, I was at, I'm sorry, he was at a wrestle fest kind of thing, like a, a superstar slam fest that uh, is get, gets put on in Georgia at the uh, KLT Arena in Rome, Georgia. And he was there. And I walked up to him, shook his hand. You know, hey, I'm Jonathan. Nice to meet you. He's like, hey, man, nice to meet you. I was like, you care if I get a picture? He's like, yeah, it'd be 50 bucks. And I said, 50 bucks for me to take a picture with you with my phone? And he said, yes. I said, all right, you have a good day. And I walked off. You know, some people don't Some people don't, uh, don't remember the fact that they started at the bottom one time, too. And, you know, uh, I can't really say how I would do it, how I would react, but I would, would want to say that uh, if I made it big like someone like that, I would still, I would still, uh, I don't know that I would charge for pictures. Uh, yeah, that people want to take a picture with me. Uh, I just let them, you know, when I'm at shows and I'm at my merchandise table, they want to come take a picture. They can just come take a picture. I'm not going to charge somebody 20, 25 bucks for a picture with their own phone. You know what I mean? So, 50 bucks. <laughs> yes, that's the truth. Uh, another person I met, he's not really a dick, but he's just, he just kind of uh, nonchalant. He just don't care. And that's uh, Sergeant Slaughter. I met him and uh, he just when he's when he's at any WrestleFest event, he just sits there and looks out his aviators and wears his little hat like he normally does. He doesn't really say much to nobody. He's not engaging, I guess would be the right thing to describe him. But uh, people, great people that I've met, uh, Luke Gallows, that's another great guy. Doc uh, Gallows is on Impact and um, AEW. Yep. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, awesome dude. Uh, a guy I thinks a dick, Carl Anderson. Uh, I think he's a dick. Really? Uh, and yeah, and that's that's just maybe 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 uh, he was in a bad mood that day. But I was I was in a locker room with him actually. I was working a show that he was on, and uh, you know uh, I introduced myself like I always do to everybody. Hey, you know I'm Jonathan, and I give him my shoot name. I don't tell him my wrestling name. I mean, to me that's kind of not really disrespectful but it's kind of like hey you know i'm one of the boys why don't you introduce your real name so that's what i do and uh he just kind of shook my head I was like what's up you know and then uh kid was taking a picture with him and uh after the kid had walked off he was like i bet that kid feels great taking a picture with the one and only carl anderson and i was just like yes come on man be humble you know what i mean maybe, I, maybe he's not a dick maybe he's just a smart ass <laughs> who knows but uh, great. Another great guy, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I've got to meet him at some WrestleFest events. Uh, he's a good guy, really good guy. Um, Tony Atlas, another great guy. Teddy Long, they're great guys. Uh, uh, no Way Jose, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, you know, it's just a few. 
but yeah, pretty. There's I, I meet all kinds of people. There's the indie guys that suck and never been anywhere that are dicks. You know what I mean? So, so what's the biggest area of professional wrestling you're curious to go into and why? What do you mean? It's like, like do you ever think about going to like commentary or like doing besides a wrestling standpoint, doing like other fields like? Oh, I get what you mean. Uh, I always wanted to be a booker. I've always wanted to uh, call the shots. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a few people around me in my circle that know that, but I don't let everybody know. You know, I just let the people that I feel comfortable with know. And now I got a couple of promote, uh, a couple of booker friends, you know, and uh, I ask them things, you know, and talk to them about stuff. And, you know, eventually I want to get into the booking side of things, but I want to be sure that, it's the right time for that because you got a lot of people's egos that you have to deal with. And, uh, you know, you got to keep up with three or four or five different, uh, storylines that's going on and, and things like that. You know, it's just, it's just a lot to, to deal with, you know what I mean? So I want to be sure that it's the right time. Yeah. So also you're in your 30s still, so you still got time before settling down. Right. Yeah. So if you compare wrestling today, compared to what it was back in the attitude era what grade would you give the attitude era and what grade would you give it today uh well the attitude era was the best era of professional wrestling in my opinion because i didn't grow up in the 80s now if you listen to jim Cornette talk the 70s and 80s was the best the best time in professional wrestling now i love jim Cornette. i don't like his political views and i don't like uh his uh, political um, agenda, but, uh, you know, I don't listen to his podcast for his political agenda or his religious beliefs. I listen to it because I want to hear about wrestling. So, but if you listen to Jim Cornette talk, the seventies and eighties is the best time of professional wrestling. And um, if I had to give the attitude era a grade, it would probably be an A plus because that was, that's really where the, the rock, really stood out stone cold really stood out undertaker which the undertaker's always been great but he's getting older now and you know he's kind of on his way down the hill you know what i mean he's already been at the top of the mountain so now he's on the he's on the way down the other side but compared to now the wwe product that's uh now coming out is uh shit so in my opinion, now there may be some young kids that really love it. That, that's because that's what they grew up knowing. You know what I mean? And uh, so, I mean, I'm a huge believer. I'm a huge believer in kayfabe and the old school style and things like that. But I, you know, I don't, I don't try to beat that to death. You know what I mean? Like if I meet some new guys coming up in the business, I don't be like, well, back in the day, you know, this, that, and other, because I didn't grow up back in the day. You know what I mean? I grew up in the nineties and I wasn't even in professional wrestling at that point. So I didn't start wrestling until 2010. So. Right. No, like, like one of the reasons I'm trying to get this show going is because people around here when in Southern Vermont, when they think of wrestling right away, they think of WWE. Yeah. And right away they're like, Oh, wrestling's crap because all they think of is WWE. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. There's like probably dozens and dozens and dozens of promotions out there with, you know, not WWE wrestlers, but with hardworking athletes, guys with jobs who does this for the weekend, for their weekend gig, because they love the art. And you got to go yeah. to one of these shows to truly understand it. 
Right, I agree. So what? Some some people don't. Some people don't want to. Some people don't want to go see the little guys. You know what I mean? They don't want to go see the independent shows because you know. Yeah. People just don't start wrestling and just start out in WWE. I mean, it's like you know, that's like Mark Zuckerberg, who's the CEO of Facebook. He didn't start out owning Facebook. You know what I mean? So it's like you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And some people have a silver spoon and some people know people and some people have lineage in the wrestling business. And that really helps But when you're somebody like me uh, who started from the bottom with no help. I don't have any family in the professional wrestling business. And I just went in because I wanted, I wanted to do it and I was passionate about what I wanted to do. So I did it yeah, I- and every bit of it's self-made. So now I tell everyone, you've got to check an independent show because we recently checked one out in Hudson, Massachusetts, about two and a half hours away from here. And just going down there, seeing the show front row, talking to the wrestlers, talking guys like, you know, like Supermax Hernandez or Ace Romero, you know, like guys you've seen on TV. And spending the night at a hotel cost me like $200. And I was bringing everyone down, feeding everyone. And I was like, Dude, if I went to a WWE event, that would cost me like $200 just for the ticket. Not for the gas, not for the hotel or anything like that. I had a better time with these independent guys. And yeah. I mean, it's like a t- trip that cost like over, over $200 was worth it. Wow. And that put a hotel room and liquor afterwards. I mean, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> so what does your future hold? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't... At this point, uh, it's just like uh, I'm gonna wrestle, and uh, if I don't go anywhere, I don't go anywhere. I'm a self, I'm a very self-aware man. Okay, I know what I have, and I know what I have to offer. If uh, no one else notices that, hey, I mean, I've enjoyed myself wrestling on the independent circuit. Made a lot of friends, uh, and uh, a lot of a, a lot of good people I've met, and uh, so I mean, if I don't go anywhere. To me, I've still had a successful independent wrestling career. And um, if nobody ever knows who Johnny Chaos is after, you know, after I'm gone, then I'm fine with that too. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for the recognition. I'm not doing this for uh, a pat on the back. I'm not doing this for nothing other than my own self-enjoyment and uh, my own uh, entertainment. So, I mean – uh, you know, if it's going to happen, it'll happen. If it's not meant to happen, it's not meant to happen. You know, whatever God has in store for me. Uh, I'm a correctional officer. So, uh, my, uh, correctional officer job is fixing to start taking up a lot of my time. So, um, who knows? Who knows? It's a big question mark. Well, where can our listeners connect with you online so we can keep giant chaos in the independent circuit? Uh, well, they can connect with me at uh, Johnny Chaos on Facebook uh, through DMs there. Uh, you can email me at uh, book the K B O O K T H E K A O S at gmail.com to acquire to inquire about any bookings or anything like that. If uh, anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can definitely email me there and I can send them a match or talk to them, how you know, whatever we can talk on DMs on. Uh, facebook but i'm not a, i'm not a huge social media guy i don't have an instagram or a snapchat so um so you know mostly through facebook and uh, email well i appreciate your time giant chaos i hope that you do have 
many more years in the ring left to go from what I've seen on YouTube. Man, you're a powerhouse. You really are a beast. I mean, you see, yeah, so- uh, <laughs> I do, I do have, but it's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what people tell me. People tell me I do a good job of turning that stuff on and off. So, yeah, outside of the ring, I'm a great guy, uh, very understanding and passionate. But inside the ring, I can't stand a lot of people. And uh, I'm just a dick. So, <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. But, yeah, if anybody, uh, you know, anybody wants to uh, book, you know, feel free to email or, or DM me. I'll talk to anybody. We can work something out. Next week when this episode comes out, would you mind sharing it and show your support to the show to say we don't suck? Not at all. I do not mind at all. I appreciate it, Johnny. Thank you very much for your time. I wish you luck in your career and be safe down south. Yeah, man. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Take care of yourself.